Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo right there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello everybody, it's great to be back and we start season two today. We're back into Lizzie McGuire. Yes, it's been a month <laughs> away. We definitely felt the break. You said it was a little weird it getting weird. back into it. Well, I just have so much more perspective now into Robert Carradine <laughs> and into Adam Lane. I feel like, yeah, I just have so much more perspective into these people. And I also have like fake perspective based on our Big Brother game that like doesn't even exist. It's not <laughs> canon, but I feel like it's canon. Yeah. So today we are diving into season two and we have another guest. We are just full of guests this season. It's very exciting. And kicking off today, we are with Rachel Lynn Solomon. Hey, Rachel. Hi, thank you for having me. I've been so excited about this. I am so excited to have you. Rachel is one of our two confirmed dedicated listeners. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so when we mention that, like, Rachel is one of them. Yes. We <laughs> we're small, but, but we're proud. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need, really. As long as you just have like one or two people following you, then you can just grow from there. So we're, yeah, it's we're excited quality to have over you quantity. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like it gives me the weekly validation to keep going. So <laughs> well, and your other fan and I always jokingly say that it's so nice to feel connected to you this way right now. Like it's just you know having Marissa's laugh in your ear every Tuesday is. <laughs> It's so great. So Rachel, we always start when we have a guest by asking, what is your experience with Lizzie McGuire? What is your past history with it? On a scale of me to Sam. <laughs> sure. So I'm definitely closer to you than Sam. I watched it growing up. So we actually had sort of strict TV rules growing up, me and my younger sister. Our parents did not want us to watch a ton of TV, so we couldn't watch it unless they like approved of it or if they weren't there and they didn't know it. <laughs> um, but we, we usually were not allowed to watch TV during the week except for very special occasions. So they sort of had to like check out the show beforehand, um, which would explain why my dad can sing the Gilmore Girls theme song perfectly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for this, I definitely remember watching it as new episodes aired, but I don't think I had any concept of a season or chronology or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure, I'm sure I watched some of them in syndication too. And I also don't think I watched all of them because there are definitely some that have not seemed familiar at all. Um, I did watch the movie and I, I definitely would consider myself a fan. Like they're even rewatching some of these along with you guys, I'm like, oh, I did my hair exactly like that. I had a shirt exactly like that. There is so much of it that influenced 
who I was as a kid and like what I thought middle school would end up being because so when did the first season air 2001 2001 yeah so I would have been like the exact right age I would have been 11 wait are you saying your middle school experience was not like this no (laughs) (laughs) it's funny when you say like in terms of chronology because the show doesn't really have a strong sense of chronology either the episode that we are talking about today first kiss is the 14th episode in the production order. So this was supposed to be like mid-season. Wait, what? <laughs> and, that, yeah, well, that actually explains so it much. It explains so much, right? Because <laughs> like, where did Gordo's feelings come from? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, why, are, why is she kissing someone and then you pull back and it's like Gordo waiting in a Jordan <laughs> Peele movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, what is happening? So, like, I just would really love, like, (laughs) if we could get someone from the network and just, like, pick their brain as to, like, why. I mean, you should reach out to, I don't know if you can reach out to the production company and just send an email to someone and be like, is there, do you know of anyone I can contact and, and get on the show? Because why? It's so mystifying. It really is. We've joked about like sliding into Jake Thomas's DMs because yeah, we, we would think, obviously start with Jake Thomas because we think if oh, anyone sure. would make like a random appearance on a podcast, it would be him. Well, here was the thought. The thought was because we give an MVP at the end of every episode, whoever wins, we've got to reach out, right? We've got to be like, you won the MVP. Please <laughs> join us on the podcast. You will receive nothing, but I think it means a little bit. I think I think you should definitely reach out to someone (laughs) yeah it's like it's just so crazy like there's an episode that's coming you know down the pipeline a little bit that it's very clearly more of a premiere than this episode because it's like first day of eighth grade that (laughs) it's i think it's called just like lizzie and it's a seventh grader who looks up to lizzie and it's very clearly how the season was supposed to start you're saying they're gonna go back in time yes (laughs) They that are. is so wild. I mean, in like Terry Minsky or no one ever discussed this. I mean, I, I realize this is not like a hot button issue just in the pop culture world. And kids obviously didn't notice. I mean, did you notice when you were watching it? Absolutely not. It's funny, though, because like we compare this to Andy Mack a lot because it's Terry Minsky and it's it aired within the last like two or three years, so it's much newer. And that show is like heavily dependent on chronology. It has a full storyline. Every episode, it's like previously on Andy Mac, and it matters. Yeah, there's so no arc much. here. No, there's no arc. No plot arc. No character arc. Like there is just no. Maybe no next continuity. time, little like after some distance, maybe I'll go back and watch it in production order because I feel like there is a little bit more. If you do, maybe. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are so many cases where it's like, you see the potential for growth, but then the next episode was actually filmed before this episode, so then you just backtrack. When you're a storyteller, it ruins the experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you're a kid, it's just like, ooh, I want that scrunchie. We also always do our, like, pop culture recap of the week so has there been anything that you've been enjoying recently i've been going through younger just another hillary duff (laughs) property because i just love to see the publishing world completely (laughs) destroyed (laughs) 
Oh my God. It just makes no sense. I think there's one plot line with that like marriage vacation book that there actually is a good amount of time between when it's acquired and when it comes out. And I was really proud of them that it wasn't just like a book was acquired and then it was published the next week. I like remember having a visceral reaction to I think it's in the first season too where they come up with this like marketing campaign to release a book on Tuesday. I like had uh, a feeling you were going to say that because it's just so wild. <laughs> get a publishing person to consult, please. I also love there's like a physical slush pile and they're like, "Oh, the slush pile. Yeah. We never look in there." <laughs> One that's literally, like, where everything comes from. Oh, my God. It's just so crazy because there's so many people who would love the job of, like, consulting on a show. Like, hello, I would do that in two (laughs) seconds. It's like, it'd be so easy to get it right. But I guess the fantasy is kind of part of what makes it fun. Yeah, and, I mean, I really love that role for Hilary Duff because, like, she can swear. She just, like, Mm -hmm. hooks up with everyone. She's just a fun character, and you can tell she's having fun with it, so I just really enjoy watching her. Um, And the other thing we've been watching, so Ivan has been obsessed with Lost since it was on. It's, like, his number one favorite show. He tried to get me to watch it. (laughs) I had a feeling you would be watching it. Not, Not at all surprised. He's been trying to get me to watch it. We tried years ago, but I have just a very visceral reaction to any plane stuff. But then I figured this would be a good time because I'm not going on a plane for a very long time. Uh, So yeah, we just started that. I could not support that choice more. That's a great, great (laughs) choice. Thank you. Further evidence that Sam and Ivan are actually (laughs) the same person because (laughs) I know I've been through the same thing where... I tried to watch Lost kind of at the beginning of our relationship, I think. I think we were watching it on, like, DVDs in your basement. Oh, yeah. My mom had the box set. We're, um, she and yeah, I are both, that's how both we tried big too. Lost fans. And then I think I only got to, like, middle of season three. I don't know. The, the that's pretty polar good. bear thing started showing up. and We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if we mentioned, but Ivan is my husband, and he was your guest on the Dia de los Muertos episode. For anyone who isn't the other fan <laughs> <Yeah>. of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think we mentioned yes. that in like when we introduced that you are coming up in a previous podcast, but thank you for reiterating. Marissa, what have we been watching? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, day- I know I was on such a streak after I turned in my book because I was like, I have time again to just, and just that's my, that's my way of decompressing is just watching the entirety of like Emily in Paris in like five hours I'm sad it's over I want I need more and it's not even that I need more of that I just like need more memes and like people discussing it oh my god I or it's been a while since I laughed as hard as when you sent me the parasite Emily and parasite Emily and parasite oh my gosh another wild Darren star show that gets it all wrong but is so so right yeah, I, I honestly think at this point I'm just resigned to being a Darren Star stan. Because I was also, I mean, I watched it much later in life because I was probably a child when it aired, but I also love Sex and the City and I've seen every episode many, many times. I think that, Marissa, your obsession with Emily in Paris has actually had a negative effect on me because now I'm getting served <laughs> things 
about Emily in Paris. I don't know if it's because we're on the same Wi-Fi or it's just <laughs> listening to you talk about <laughs> Emily in Paris constantly. But I got an article today about how like a Chicago pizza owner is like mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But yeah, the other thing we've been watching. There is a new season of Survivor Maryland on YouTube. I don't know if I've ever told you about Survivor Maryland. What? It is the University of Maryland. They have like a really serious, it's like a club where they. Yeah, essentially every semester they play Survivor. So they play 86 days. 86 days. It's like the. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like college kids playing Survivor. And obviously it's less surviving and just so much more about the social dynamics Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating. Like they get the kids that do this. Yeah, they get su- they get super into it, and there's no stakes. There's no stakes, and that's the best part. They're like literally. But it's hilarious that like friendships get ruined because of this. That's wild. Wait, so, so is it aired on like a major network, or is it just a YouTube thing? It's oh, just no. on YouTube. It's just oh, on okay, YouTube. okay. But it's like, <laughs> like Survivor well Maryland. <laughs> oh, I feel like we also need to discuss the the Bachelorette premiered this past oh week. Oh my god, we must. I don't, know how I don't we really that. know any of their names yet. All except... I know is that I like Joe and Easy I and like everyone Easy else. Too. He was really fun. I just really love Joe's like origami animals. And he has a job. I just love people with jobs. Well, a lot of them actually have jobs because they are that like true. full adult men and not like 25-year-old influencers. Yeah, no, it's a very like employment heavy season so far. I don't know. It's hard for me to get super invested in Claire because I like we know that it's going to be cut short. So I'm just more fascinated in like, are they going to is it going to be the same guys for Tasha? Are they going to bring in new people? Like, I just am really more. Yeah, I'm looking further ahead, I guess, because I I know I know. It's so hard to get invested when it's, like, very clear who she's picking from the beginning. Although, part of me is like, is it just misdirection on the producer's part? Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. But, yeah, I'm definitely super curious to see where it goes. And just very glad to have not just that back, but my multiple Bachelor podcasts. Yes, Here to Make Friends is back. So, it's been weird for me getting into my brain that The Bachelorette is now on Tuesdays. But I do watch the Monday ABC content as well, Dancing with the Stars, and Caitlin Bristow is on this season. Oh, she and is? She's, she is, and it's kind of unfair because she has, like, a really <laughs> strong dance background and, like, is clearly the best. She, like, wanted to be a dancer when she yeah, was yeah. growing up. That always bothers me. Like, these should be amateurs. Anything else? Yes. I know that NBC's been taking a lot of heat over the past week, but one good thing that they did was they brought back The Weakest Link, and I'm not mad oh, at it. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've been watching that, too. It's just, like, so petty. It, is, it gets I love so it. Every time, they, everybody's the chief petty officer on The Weakest Link, and I love it. It's so great, and but everyone is also very dumb. Oh, yeah. I don't know makes... if it's the pressure, but, like, every time someone banks after a, a thousand, we're like, what are you doing? Oh, we do the but same then thing. Yeah, we get really mad. Yeah, it's uh, probably not good for our health, honestly. Like, Ivan gets very riled up. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> the most recent episode where, like, they could have had, they could have made the chain, but they just banked in the wrong spot. <sighs> they, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just these are the people they got or they're just people who are not trivia people, but it, it's not even, like, hard trivia. 
It's not. I think that's the point, though, because NBC doesn't want to actually be handing out yeah. too much money. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a mix of that, and they just bring on very like risk averse people who they know will bank <laughs> way too soon. Yeah, yeah I know. I judge, but like I would be that person. I love the voting. I love the why'd you vote for this person? They voted for me. (laughs) Or then someone gets to the end and they're like, I voted for her every single round. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also really interesting to look at it from like a just seeing how the contestants perceive each other and like who they select to be the weakest link in the early rounds in terms of just like the like gender and like racial makeup of the cast also. Yes, um, no, I find that really fascinating too because I think a lot of times some of the women will think that they're banding together, but then it's like, oh no, actually like the black woman is, feel like it almost seems like she is aligning with the other like black man or, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think that I, it's really interesting to watch. I feel like the white women think that there's probably more solidarity that way than the like women of color do. So glad it's back. <laughs> Yeah, with Jane Lynch. Oh, that's what I needed to talk about. We watched in the last week another Cinderella story, um, the <laughs> Selena Gomez one. It's great. I will say another Cinderella story is much, much better than a Cinderella story. It, it's still very flawed, fundamentally. A lot of the problems <laughs> that I think I had with the first movie, namely like, how does he not recognize her right away when she's only wearing a tiny mask um, (laughs) (laughs) still exists, but they're more well-rounded characters with more well-rounded ambitions. And that makes it a better film. Yeah. And like we were talking about, like they also don't know each other really. So it's not, you can suspend your disbelief a little bit more in this movie because Drew Seeley had only met Selena Gomez like once before they danced together and their lives changed. Have you ever seen this movie, Rachel? No, and I hadn't seen a Cinderella story either, but I was just blown away by the similarities to what I like about you. Oh my God. (laughs) So I think that means that you need to figure out how to get your next book to mimic another Cinderella story. But I realized as you guys were recapping it that I'm not the biggest fan of Cinderella retellings. I think it just puts so much onus on the guy to rescue her i mean i get that that's like the whole I mean, point of fairy like tales yeah i know old Disney yeah. Movies. <laughs> yeah but it's just even listening to it i was like oh that's the plot i guess i think that the selena gomez one subverts it in an interesting way though oh that's good yeah selena gomez's character mary actually has interests and like a passion <laughs> um unlike something hillary unlike duff hillary doesn't duff, know. Who just like wants to go to Princeton. Well, yeah, it's like Jane Lynch is a more impressive stepmother than I think Jennifer Jennifer Coolidge is. One of my problems with the original one was like, she doesn't work, like, how is she so rich? Whereas that was addressed in the second movie because she is like a pop star kind of celebrity. Yeah, like a washed up. Um, Oh, interesting. Drew Seeley is a more interesting prince than Chad Michael Murray because honestly, Chad Michael Murray was not that impressive. He had very few resume points. Just had a pretty face. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of, like, people who can rescue you from your situation, I would not put my faith in Chad Michael Murray. Just wait until we watch One Tree Hill. Oh, geez. (laughs) Okay, that was the last thing I wanted to say because we did talk about potentially me making us watch that movie too and then circling back. Okay, 
So, Lizzie McGuire. Today, we are going to be recapping season two, episode one, First Kiss. In this episode, Lizzie finally has her first boyfriend, and he's not at all what her friends expected. She's obsessed with him, and Miranda and Gordo think something must be done. And this episode aired on February 8th, 2002. You know, as I'm reading that description, that's not really how the episode went. No. Wait, they don't I mean, even meet him. They don't. And this isn't even her first kiss. Do we no. just forget that Aaron Carter happens? <laughs> so much disrespect. How? Yeah. How is he not what Miranda and Gordo thought he would be? I don't think that that's not at all what happens. The Disney Plus description is better. It says Lizzie finds her first boyfriend in a most unlikely place. Her house. Her house. <laughs> the paper boy the boyfriend is coming from inside the house okay so jumping in we have like a fairly long opening scene like we have multiple scenes happening it was like five minutes and like we're in multiple places a lot goes down in the first five minutes i would say (laughs) um starting with a survivor clip um we've seen which i think we've seen before Almost verbatim. Yeah, school is a reality game show. Heard that before. <laughs> Lizzie, you are a quote repeater. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see the trio. They definitely look older. They're in eighth grade now. There's quite a tone change between season one and season two, I would say. Yeah, it's like they got a little bit more money and they just went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, everyone definitely looks visibly older. Gordo is still very small, but... Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I think I noticed that the lighting was much brighter. Everything looked much brighter in season two than it looked in season one. I also noticed they had a lot more, like, tracking shots and shots outside than they did in season one. They got crafty. Yeah, they got a bigger budget. (laughs) I mean, we can talk about it when we get there, but the scenes in her neighborhood in front of her house just, like, really leveled me <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was so much of that and there yeah just so many many shots of her like walking through her house <laughs> in season one it was very much just like hit your mark and we're not gonna move yeah no that's a good point yeah it really feels and it feels like the tone is trying to evolve with the characters in that it feels it feels older still very young teen and still very my least favorite word in the dictionary but for lack of a better word like clean yeah I think that season one feels very for the younger kids and then like a lot of it's it's more slapstick in its humor I don't know this felt a little more serious yeah so they're at school and Gordo is of course rambling about a science project that he thought that he deserved to get an A for because he's Gordo, but he did not. But Lizzie and Miranda aren't really paying attention. They're just noticing that everyone is suddenly coupled up. Made clear by the giant heart effect <laughs> between them. I wanted to call we it an emoji, known. but this is like pre-emoji, but it's like there's a couple and there's a couple. Yeah, I mean it's Valentine's Day. You you have to be in a couple. <laughs> if you're not in a couple, you've Valentine's Day incorrectly. <laughs> Gordo says it's like Noah's Ark with fluorescent lighting, and even Gordo noticed that the lights got brighter. Yeah, when Gordo <laughs> notices, you know that like it's a serious epidemic. Yeah. Well, Gordo is a filmmaker. He's very observant. We cut to the Maguire house. 
feel like this has never happened before. This would be where we cut to theme song. Yeah, for sure. We Very rarely are we introduced to the B story before the theme song. It really, I don't know, it rocked my world for a second. I was like, pause. I, mean, I won't <laughs> say it's going to, it didn't rock my world. It was just like something that <laughs> happened, but <laughs> it's um, a stretch. And Matt is looking for a baseball card, a Paul O'Neill. It's the last Yankee player that he needs. <laughs> This means this whole storyline means nothing to me. So Paul um, Paul O'Neill played for the Yankees, and he retired actually in two thousand one. So if Matt waits a year, he won't even need Paul O'Neill to complete his Yankees roster anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this definitely went over my head, but it did give me Pokemon card flashbacks. So all of that trauma is like still perfectly situated in in some fold of my brain. Rachel, do you think that your Pokemon cards are now worth a small fortune? I definitely don't have them anymore. But I do think <laughs> I do think all the beanie babies we got rid of probably were missed opportunity. Well, Marissa, your dad has a bunch of beanie babies that he's been holding on to for he years. Does. <laughs> My dad has a bunch of everything that he's been holding on to for years. So he has baseball cards. Does he have Paul O'Neill? <laughs> comic books, vinyl records. Yeah, he's a collector. <laughs> but yeah, Matt is looking for this baseball card. And Sam, you know, tells him not to give up and is into it. Seems like it's something that they have in common, which I don't know if we ever really see them have much of anything in common. That's true. But to be fair, the parents are completely passionless, hobbyless. Like Lizzie doesn't get it from no one. <laughs> so true. Do you have any theories about what Sam McGuire does for a living? Because we would love to hear them if you do. No, I mean, I know you guys think he works in Hollywood. Like, I don't know why I think he has something more boring going on. But my guess is some kind of like accountant or just some kind of uh, job along those lines, because I feel he gets so easily roped into these schemes happening at home and, and stuff with Matt that like that is what he's seeking to spice up his life. <laughs> that <laughs> I feel like there has to be like kind of a duller job to um juxtapose with that that's fair i think i just really like the idea of him having this like secret baller life that would be great yeah seeing. no i do love the idea of him as like a hollywood agent or something <laughs> but i also think if that were true he would not have acted the way he did on set in the aaron carter episode yeah he wouldn't he would be blasé over meeting Aaron Carter. The search continues. We'll get, I mean, we still have a whole season to explore this series. <laughs> <laughs> to not learn. To not learn. What it is. To get nothing. Yeah. But yeah, so that sets up the B story. Then we go back to Lizzie and she is in her room on the phone with Miranda, still talking about the fact that everybody, it seems to be in a relationship except for the two of them. Even Joy um, Lutz. Even Joyce Lutz. <laughs> I could, yeah, I actually wrote that down. Because it was like, on the one hand, I love just a random name tossed out that we've never heard before. I don't know, like, who is she? Why, why wouldn't they say, like, like Larry Tudgman? Maybe, nope, maybe they're dating. <laughs> maybe they're dating. Wait, was it Joy Lutz or Joyce Lutz? Oh, I had Joy. Did she say Joyce? I had Joyce. Oh, well, maybe this is why she doesn't have a boyfriend. No one knows her name. <laughs> but yeah, 
They're talking about Valentine's Day as a concept, you know, who even celebrates it. And Lizzie's like, I don't know, but maybe we're supposed to. The doorbell rings. Um, Lizzie answers it. It's it's the paper boy. He then, <laughs> she calls for her parents to pay him, but then he, like, walks into her house. And, like, that really struck me. So like, many <laughs> so many pop culture references, like, came into my mind at this time. Like, when they say it's the paper boy, all I can think about is um, Atlanta, where the rapper's name is Paperboy, but then they find then we find out his name is Ronnie, and all I can think about now is Shy Ronnie from SNL. <laughs> it's just such a confusing time. <laughs> yeah, we actually had to pause the episode. Yeah, we had to pause so I could watch Shy oh, Ronnie. Oh wow, he sort of looks like. Well, I mean, he's very like white bread, but he looks like a younger discount chad michael murray almost maybe it's the hair he yeah. i mean he has the ethan craft aaron carter yeah i call them like him. an off-brand aaron carter <laughs> oh yeah that's de- that definitely works i mean lizzie for sure has a type and it is for yeah. sure just like mediocre white guys <laughs> yeah. but yeah i don't know i thought it was very i was very put off by the fact that he just like walked into her house and was very clearly eavesdropping on the conversation he overhears lizzie say you know, I have to wonder, is there something wrong with me? And <laughs> she's like, let's see. No. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. Then she sees Ronnie, like, listening to her, mm-hmm. and she kind of confronts him about it, and he says, sorry, he can't turn his ears off. Yeah. Good one. You know what, though? <laughs> I really did appreciate, like, a sassy confrontational Lizzie. Like, I feel like it doesn't really line up with her character at all. But I was really digging her emotional range in this episode. Oh, yeah, because yeah. then she like she chases after him like out the door <laughs> down the street. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, I love a good enemies to lovers, even as, if the the enemies <laughs> lasted for a split second and the love lovers lasts maybe a split second longer than that. But <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even take that much. He just says, "There's nothing wrong with you," and she's like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> love this guy oh my god i think i have a boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) i made note of and we can talk about this more with the outfits but like just that classic tiffany necklace in this scene flashbacks i also well this is the first time in the episode that we see the outside of their house and just just so weird seeing this house not take place or like the stuff in the house not taking place inside a vacuum like oh she lives on a street and there is like a neighborhood I was just so thrown. You can go outside somewhere that isn't the backyard. There's a front. Their relationship takes place exclusively (laughs) in their front yard yard and like maybe the two yards (laughs) next to it. So it was important that they got that extra funding so that their relationship could have, you know, all that space. Yeah, I think we only saw it once in in season one, right? When Matt and Oscar were superheroes. Oh, yeah. And they were walking around their neighborhood trying to save random people. <laughs> but it felt different. It felt more organic here, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get the theme song. Unchanged. Unchanged. <laughs> and then, so now we cut, we're back at school. Lizzie is, you know, gearing up to tell Miranda the the big story but only if she agrees to the cone of silence. It's really important that Lizzie is wearing a shirt with a baby in a turban on it, and we'll discuss this later, but 
I was so distracted. You know, I don't even know if I took that in because I am always more like aggressively writing notes. Like I'm more listening than watching when we watch it typically. And then we sort of go through the outfits live, but noted for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It is just inexplicable. We we will visit it. We will. we'll, we'll We'll talk about it. But yeah, Lizzie likes someone. And Miranda's like, yeah, we know you like someone. Now you can go out with Ethan Crump. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. It, it's not Ethan. And Miranda's like, what? Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to do that one? Yes. <laughs> I really love when you soundboard me and it feels right, but that one just did not feel right. Sorry. Was that supposed to be like a huzzah? She likes someone who isn't Ethan? Yes. Okay. That was a huzzah (laughs) for me personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she likes someone and his name is Ronnie Jacobs. He goes to Jefferson and he's cute and funny and plays the guitar. And he's employed. And he's employed. (laughs) And then Gordo comes over And Miranda just immediately, like, cone of silence, what? She doesn't know it. And this agitates Lizzie more than I think it should. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot, Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) But she just, like, storms off, annoyed. I don't know. It struck me that she didn't want Gordo to know. I mean, are they planting seeds of Lizzie's feelings for Gordo? Would we have known if this episode were not 14th in the... (laughs) In the filming order. I think my assumption was just like, you know, it's very new right now. She doesn't want to put a label on it right now. So that was kind of where I was coming from. I guess I'm not as cynical. I mean, I think I have to disagree (laughs) because I think the only thing she wants is a label. Yeah. She wants a label, but she She wants wants him to have, she wants him to make the label for her. She doesn't want to just come out and like give them the label. Yeah. It's so funny that like, Lizzie and Ronnie's love blossomed around Valentine's Day because as did ours in a way, sort of. As do like millions of people because Valentine's Day is like a commercial love holiday. No, so there's an actual story. So like, no, because our anniversary is January 28th. and That's like the day that he asked me out. But we were supposed to be keeping it on the down low because like it was new and... I don't know. Like, I was just like, my reaction to when Sam asked me out was, you're not my boyfriend yet, you know? So that's kind of like (laughs) where I was was coming from. I know. I really messed up, too. I should have waited like three weeks, and then Valentine's Day wouldn't have even been a thing. On Valentine's Day, he walked into my first period class with flowers and a card. He just, like, dropped it off on my desk. He didn't say one oh word, God. like not a single word. He just dropped it off and like walked out. He was nervous. And this was like, <laughs> and this was like a couple of minutes before the bell rang. And like everybody in my class, like spot, like there was a spotlight on my face and we're just like, what? It was like a mic drop moment. Oh you my know? God. Do you still have yeah, the card? I do. I think it's I mean, it, it's sweet. It was cute, I guess. I really pretended I didn't like it, but like I liked it. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> nobody had ever given me flowers before. Um, but I was still so like the concept of anyone liking me was very like new to me. I was very like I was a I was more of a piner. Yeah, oh, for and sure. And not 
everything had been unrequited. No, I can definitely relate to that. And I have you were you were a Lizzie. I was a Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the I have the multiple diaries to prove it. Oh my god, I love your diaries. <laughs> the snippets that you have shared. Excellent content. Oh, they're just agony. Like every entry is like today I was ugly again. Jeez. It's just like so painful. Oh man. (laughs) I think a lot though about how like the content that we absorbed growing up probably really influenced our opinions of ourselves. Well, yeah, I think Lizzie McGuire, and there are things later in the episode that very much influenced my like perception of relationships and dating that you know when Mm -hmm. we get there so yeah I mean this was very formative for me just watching people navigate this stuff even in this very surface superficial way like I again because I didn't watch that much tv you know it was this and like princess diaries books that I was seeing it so I think I definitely had a vision of it that was for the most part, very sanitized, too. Yeah. And that probably, like, hung on for far too long. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm like, where even am I? Yeah, you're notes? derailing I, everything. I really derailed. You have to cut back to the B story, because Matt's oh going through all of his trading cards, or his baseball cards with his friends, and nobody has Paul O'Neill, except Melina. Except for Melina. <laughs> this is the, like, introduction of Melina, right? Yes. We've seen her once before. She was in like one season one episode, equally obnoxious. But here she is again. Does Lanny not go to this school? I yeah. What happened to Lanny? Is it like is it supposed to be a commentary <laughs> on just like the shifting nature of adolescent friendships? That you know sometimes he and Lanny are close. Sometimes he's hanging out with a group of friends and Lanny's nowhere to be found. I don't know. It's like does Lanny go to like a special needs school because <laughs> he won't communicate with anybody? I don't know. <laughs> No. Is it too much of a burden on Matt to be Lanny's mouthpiece? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, regardless, um, Matt tries to bargain for the baseball card with her. He offers her 50 cards, and then he offers to do her homework for a week. He'll do anything, literally. Yeah, she really <laughs> takes advantage of that. I support her. She's not, I mean, it's yeah. valuable. She's trying to get, like, everything she can from this this bargain yeah but more Lena than knows what's up yeah but more than that like the biggest issue I have with this plot line is that their parents are totally fine with it they're super supportive <laughs> yeah. they're like Matt I'm so glad to see you working so hard towards something you like or so- towards we'll something we'll get there you want. we'll get there okay I'm sorry I just <laughs> yes. feel no, so I strongly <laughs> yeah casually cool with their child being extorted right <laughs> <laughs> But first, we have to get to the next morning where Lizzie, you know, dashes out of her bedroom in her pajamas. We get some special effects. We get her running down the stairs, and she needs to get the newspaper before her parents do because Ronnie left a note inside. Ooh, shy Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving a note. Is this the scene where where they talk? No. <laughs> it takes no. a while. <laughs> because I have in my notes where she says that she has a boyfriend. A coolie, coolie, cool boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, wait. But they haven't talked yet. But the letter is, wait, we... is sweet. I think that was very cute that he left a letter in the newspaper for her. 
Wait, now I'm blanking. Did we find out what was in the letter or no? I don't think so. No, but it's just- the gesture. <laughs> It's just an empty card. Maybe it's his shoelaces. <laughs> oh, true. It's never acknowledged like how she gets those. Yeah, yeah it's just a card. She opens it up. Here is a shoelace. <laughs> also, ha- oh, or it's, you know, no, there's a lot of theories. So there's also the photo of him that like he, she's going to have in her locker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but first, we do get to talk about extortion. So let's talk about extortion. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, Matt's making brownies for Molina for lunch, and he's also washing her clothes in the sink. I see no problem with any of it, and neither do Joe and Sam. <laughs> that's extortion. I'm proud of you, honey. Yeah, Joe's like, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Molina is a I- devious queen. She really is. If she got more content, she would probably be the MVP. As someone who was like never into baseball cards, this just like, I don't know. It's like, this is too much work for nothing. It is, yeah. but I really appreciate that they never like went to the lazy route of like a girl interested in baseball cards. That's true. And, you know, season one, Lizzie McGuire probably would have. Right? I was really so impressed. Maybe, some evolution. Is there anything else to say about extortion? Or can we talk about the locker? <laughs> no, let's, let's talk about the locker. Okay, yeah. So Lizzie, now at school, has a photo of Ronnie in her locker. She's wearing his shoelaces, and he told her to think of him today. (laughs) But, like, when am I ever not? She has a problem, and, yeah, they barely know each other. They have not had a conversation since that first one. Luckily, though, he's going to communicate his feelings via mixtape. Classic. Yeah, he's making her a tape of all of his favorite <laughs> songs. And he burns all his own CDs. This is... He plays the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has like a 500 song catalog and he just burns his own CDs. Was it 500 songs or 500 hours? I don't know. <laughs> what else could you? I, um, honestly, that would have been a huge selling point for me. For, <laughs> I, I had this list in one of my uh, aforementioned infamous diaries that's like, like qualities for a future boyfriend and one of them is like must have good taste in music and then in parentheses i wrote no rap (laughs) i don't know why but for some reason i'm thinking that ronnie's mixtape is just jimmy buffett it's just only i don't know i think it would be like jack johnson like uh john dolls yeah for sure goo goo dolls i think you're giving him too much credit i think he's a jimmy buffett fan (laughs) <laughs> i mean we have to assume that they are somehow communicating and we're just not seeing it right right we're getting a lot of information well, it's this... just like not on the page yeah and the show the does this so often they have these like kind of crucial character and relationship building moments that happen off screen and are just summarized we really miss out yeah or you think they go home and uh instant message each other because they don't text each other yeah, Lizzie has AIM. Right, we know, because of the, the message that accidentally got sent to everyone in the school. Yeah, so she can't stop talking about Ronnie, and, like, he's not even really her boyfriend yet, but we get this sort of, again, with the special effects, like, fast-forward through her conversations to now we are at lunch, and she talks about, like, the Kevin Bacon, like, six gr- degrees of separation <laughs> theory. 
Yeah, like Ronnie told me this. Isn't he just like so smart? Ronnie can can do an Ask Jeeves search or whatever people were using in 2001. <laughs> yeah. Alta Vista. Ask Jeeves is probably right. I don't know. I um been watching Pen15 and they use Ask Jeeves a lot. So oh. that's just what's coming to mind right now. Ivan and I always <laughs> joke about Alta Vista because that's what the like everyone in Parks and Rec uses. They're like, how is everyone in this town mm. still using <laughs> Alta Vista? <laughs> <laughs> or I love how in Gossip Girl, everyone uses Bing. Um, it is just like so <laughs> visible and like so distracting so clearly product yes. placement yeah we get the quad screen of lizzie realizing that she wants to call ronnie pudding pudding pudding, pudding. <laughs> ridiculous oh my god and then we get a miranda and gordo aside lizzie is like possessed according to miranda and gordo's like I guess she really likes him. But then sort of like meanders into how he feels about that in a sort of roundabout way. He's like, yeah, you know, I've known Lizzie my whole life. She's my oldest friend. And I guess I never really thought what it, about what it would be like when she has a boyfriend. And yeah, Mar- <laughs> she asks him if he's jealous. But throughout this episode, Miranda seems like the person who's more jealous. Yeah. Are we also forgetting like Miranda's boyfriend crush? I mean, yes, we probably are because that's <laughs> what the show does. But, <laughs> yeah. And you know, what about like the date with Larry Tudgman? It's just this takes place in a universe where none of that happened. None of that. And ha- like Gordo had a girlfriend. Yeah. And yet this is treated as like the first time any of them has had the inkling of a relationship. If yeah. it didn't happen to Lizzie, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Miranda's like, Gordo, you jealous? And Gordo's like, what? No. No, no, no. Not at all. And then we get the classic, like, Miranda walks away and Gordo goes, I think. (laughs) Very, very pensive. I liked that. We jump back to Melina continuing to extort Matt. And even Matt's friends at this point are like, dude, like, what are you doing? Yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. But Matt... We'll go the distance, and to do so, he will now clean Melina's shoe as it is still on her foot. The thing you like causes you pain. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly think that that could be the tagline for the whole series. (laughs) There are some good contenders here, for sure. Well, (laughs) I think that the show at its core level is about how people get obsessed with something. You know, whether that's fame or like another person or whatever, or, you know, a game. Yeah. And it turns them into a different person. Like that is at its core what every episode is about. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can never change. No, no. Never. You cannot change. You cannot be the same person. You need an intervention like every time something like this happens. (laughs) That's so true. That is what we get over and over again from every point of view. Everyone has had a an identity crisis. Next, we get a montage. And Rachel, this was something that Marissa was wondering. She was wondering, did you used to have a Viewmaster when you were a child? Because I she was unfamiliar with what it was. And I had to explain what Viewmasters were. <laughs> so I didn't, but I really <laughs> wanted one. <laughs> she was like, what are they looking at? What are they looking at? And I was like, it's a Viewmaster. <laughs> I don't know. There's really very little purpose to it, but <laughs> it was interesting for a second. Yeah, I had to Google it. 
<laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about like the cam, the camera they had. Oh no, I definitely had a ViewMaster. Yeah, it's like you put the little film in yeah, it for and sure. you just look through the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to look it up. But yes, I definitely had one of those. I did not have one of those little cameras though, and I wanted one of those. Because I also felt yeah, during so... this scene that like Ronnie is the original Instagram boyfriend because they're like <laughs> <laughs> taking pictures of each other. So ahead of his time. Yeah, so they just go around skating. They inexplicably skate right into the grass and wipe out. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> but just it's fun times. <laughs> And then Ronnie asks the question. He asks if Lizzie considers them to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And neither one of them wants to answer this question. There's like a lot of back and forth. I have to say, I think the evolution of Hillary Duff's acting between season one and season two, I was like, wow, she is really giving us the full range of emotions. I really liked her in the scene too. Like the that nervousness, that... She does a lot better, and I think there's significantly less of the, like, I, 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 which I think all of them do, and I don't know if that was, like, a style choice, but it was so glaring on this rewatch. I don't know if you guys have discussed that stutter that they all do. Oh, yeah. We have several. I feel like that must have been written in, though, because they do it so much. Yeah, I don't know if I noticed it in this episode. Yeah. Just like the, um, I, we want a bra. Like, I always just associate it with. Yeah, I, 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 and she does it with Kate a lot. It's like the, it's like how the writers try to verbalize what, like, anxiety, I guess, or like the, like, not yeah. knowing what you're going to say. Yeah, so maybe they're just um, better actors now and they don't need to rely on the, I. So there is growth happening. For sure. That's know, good to see. In the performances. Yes. Good for them, for sure. But yeah, Ronnie told all of his friends that she was his girlfriend and that he gives her a ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, like from he moves shoelaces fast. He will ring player. in an indeterminate amount of time. And then, you know, they give each other that, like, that meaningful look, lean in for it. We get a slow-mo, but super chaste first kiss. Yeah, it's a very G-rated kiss. With an extreme <laughs> head tilt on Lizzie's part. Like, I do not know how she knew how to tilt her head. You know, 270 degrees. <laughs> I definitely would not have known that, and I'm sure... Like, I can't imagine doing a first kiss and having to tilt your head that significantly. Yeah, it's all so. about camera angles. Yeah. I know, and then having to do it multiple... Like, they must have done it several takes. Like, your neck would start to hurt after a while. Right? Yeah, but she knew like exactly what to do, just which I don't think a someone who has never been kissed, which she has, <laughs> would know how to do. <laughs> she has. So that happens, the title of the episode, the big moment, but I'm more interested in what happens next. Yes, so then <laughs> they pull away and Gordo's standing there. <laughs> <laughs> like holding a cd yeah he made, her a <laughs> he made a mixtape of his own and he's just like gaping he looks so sad <laughs> and these feelings just come out of nowhere yeah i'm like what's his plan here like is he here to profess his feelings or is he just feeling it out like is he giving her a mixtape and then just walking away what's his move <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll never question. know we'll never know Marissa, what songs do you think are on Gordo's mixtape? Oh. That's a good question. I, 
I don't know. He's too cool for popular music. I mean, Frank Sinatra is the obvious choice, but is it too obvious? <laughs> is he is he over Frank Sinatra already? Yeah, I feel like he would be listening to stuff that's like so alternative and indie that like I don't even know what it would be. <laughs> it's just Enya. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, any ideas? No, just Frank Sinatra and Enya. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect next tape right there. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That kind of felt like a Wonderwall moment to me. Oh, that could be it. Oh, yeah. Like if Wonderwall, like if this if this show had like a real soundtrack, and then like just like Wonderwall started playing. <laughs> yeah, I could totally hear that. I don't know. It was just I. I think that you were like pretty. I don't think you saw that coming. Who would see that coming? <laughs> Why would anybody? Why would any normal person see that coming? Well, because, so how how far away are they from her house at this point? And we also still, you know, the eternal question of transportation. How did Gordo, Gordo get here? Did his parents drop him off? Are they, like, just outside of frame also <laughs> witnessing this? <laughs> I want to pull back, see Gorgo, pull back again, see his parents reacting to Gordo reacting. I get the impression that they live in the same neighborhood yeah, and that maybe, I don't know, he always just kind of like stumbles on over and kind of barges in. In my head, he's walking distance. That's how I make it work. Yeah, that makes sense. I think he has Heelys. <laughs> That's how he got over there. Oh my God. But yeah, I really appreciated your like audible gasp when... Because <laughs> it was so random and it was shocking to me. I was shocked. I was floored. <laughs> And then Lizzie goes back inside her house post-kiss. She is so giddy and happy. And she tells her mom that everything is absolutely, positively, completely, and totally perfect. And Sam does not like the sound of that. I think you need to recycle your attitude, young lady. <laughs> um, How dare his daughter be happy. You know, this happens a lot. Like, Sam McGuire is either, like, a goof or he's just like an overprotective totally like misogynistic dad yeah. like there's no like in between right he's either the father of a daughter or but joe's there for lizzie she's like what's the problem he has a job and it's not like they're going <laughs> steady or anything right lizzie <laughs> lizzie is very again like on the offense yeah in this episode i mean she's um, she's a rebellious teen now yeah, she shows off her friendship ring, is what she thought. <laughs> yeah, every girl in my grade has a boyfriend. And then they're like, does Miranda have a boyfriend? Already poked a hole in your <laughs> logic there. No, but Joy Lutz does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we get the classic, Sam is not okay with this. Joe telling him that the number one way to make a boy more appealing to a girl is to tell her she can't see him. And then this was one of my that favorite. That was how she ended up with Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines of the episode when Sam says, I'm not prepared to use reverse psychology. I don't even understand regular psychology. <laughs> so he's not a psychologist. <laughs> he's not Cross a psychologist. Cross it off the list. That's a good line. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Sam just gets so, yeah, just so father of a daughter. And I think that he and like dads like him growing up really made me feel that that is how a dad is mm -hmm. when you have a boyfriend. And that is not how my dad was oh, when he, he met Sam. Like, it was so chill. Yep, same. And it's, it's just they don't need to promote these 
stereotypes, but they put no effort into not like they just pick the lazy, yeah. easy way out every time. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's just easier this way. Complicated, nuanced characters. We don't know no. it. <laughs> and then we get a scene in Lizzie's bedroom. Miranda is over and Lizzie's on the phone with Ronnie while she's supposed to be hanging out with Miranda. She's changed. Yeah, my favorite line of the episode was Miranda going, Lizzie, the mall closes in five hours, which is like such a long time until the mall closes. Like there's no urgency to get to the mall right now. Five hours. <laughs> they have some shopping to do. You've never spent the entire day at a mall, Sam? Only if I was going to like see a movie. I can't imagine spending five hours at no, the mall. No, me either. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and then... They are doing the whole, like, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. And then Miranda just disconnects the landline, to which Lizzie says that she needs to call him back to make sure that he knows that she didn't hang up first. I'm so tired, even at that point. Although it did lead me to believe that, like, if I didn't have the you hang up first happen with someone I was dating, that, like, our relationship was not valid. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Look at what these shows have done to to our teen psyche. And then... Now you can just text and no one ever has to hang up. Yeah. You just talk in perpetuity. I've been having the same conversations with people for years. I don't even remember where they started. But yeah, I think that this scene is very melodramatic and I just want to, I just want to hear it. Hang up first. You hang up first. Miranda? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to me. Let me just call him back real fast so he doesn't think I hung up on him. Lizzie, I want you to listen to me very carefully. This is your brain. And this is your brain on Ronnie, okay? You are losing it. A few days ago, this guy was a complete stranger to you. Now, he's all you talk about. He's all you think about. He's all you care about. She has a point. That is not true. Oh. Exhibit A. Your history notebook. Uh, can I have that back, please? Take any notes yesterday? Miranda, that's none of your business. Oh, yes. A very productive day. You have four pages filled out with his name. You never cared what was in my notebook before. And the only reason you care now is because I have a boyfriend and you don't. Rewind, rewind. That came out all wrong. No. I think it came out perfectly. No, I don't have a boyfriend at the moment. I don't have much of a best friend either. At the moment. Just that, like, that tone flip. Like, when the music starts to play. It's like instant. Yeah, I just love the at the moment. Like, I'm between boyfriends right now, but you don't need to act this way. (laughs) I like when she, um, the cookie metaphor, and she crushes the cookie. I know. This is your brain on Ronnie. What a waste of a cookie. (laughs) How dare. I felt I was hurt by that. That immediate regret when you just say the wrong thing. And then. I think you said it. Perfectly. 
don't have a boyfriend at the moment. And I don't have a best friend either. Wait, talking oh. through the issue like mature people? We don't know that. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, too, is like, we could talk about this at the end, too, I guess. But this is like the conclusion of like Miranda's part in the episode. Like, there's no. Oh, yeah, there's she's no gone closure. After this. Could it be foreshadowing what happens later in the season? <laughs> what if this is the she's episode after which Miranda leaves, like in the actual chronology? <laughs> she's just gone. <laughs> she's <just> gone. <laughs> no explanation and you know I think that part of the logic for season two was to like make that feel less weird like I think that's why things started to get shuffled to just make it seem like there wasn't like glaring gaps right but like well this episode was released on February 8th so this was a Valentine's Day episode I think that's why they wanted this one to be first but the story no but what about the not the story no Program to the holiday. (laughs) (laughs) That makes a little more sense. Make it relevant. But character continuity. No, doesn't matter. (laughs) Plot. Doesn't matter. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I've definitely like written a boy's name in a notebook before, but not like over and over again for like four pages. (laughs) But yeah, that is the conclusion of Miranda in this episode. It's a very sad note to end on, but we got to get back to our second montage of the episode. Can't have an episode of Lizzie McGuire without more than one montage. That is what we always <laughs> yeah. say here on the Alpha. I don't repeaters. know that we ever said that. I think, I think we all, we've said one, two as much. <laughs> no, but there are, if there's going to be one, the odds of there being a second one just like increases exponentially. All right, so yeah, the B story gets a montage here. Yeah, and it's just Matt doing everything Melina wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which includes making concrete tiles, um, mowing her lawn, washing her dog, just a, a list of things. Yeah, and Melina's still like holding out. She's still, you know, playing hard to get. She's like, yeah, you did all this stuff for me, but like, is this really a fair trade? Like... <laughs> You did all of this work for me, but like, I'm not getting anything, you know, tangible out of this. So (laughs) no, it's not a fair trade. You've extorted him (laughs) very thoroughly. And she continues to, and Matt gets the card. They leave us sort of on the edge of our seats as to what Melina gets. But like all of that is concluded in, you know, a matter of minutes because we learn that Melina wanted Sam's entire baseball card collection, all of it, for one Paul O'Neill card. Sam is very upset. (laughs) Yeah. This puts Sam Sam in just the wrong mood for Ronnie to arrive. This is what you came for, paper boy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is probably contender for second favorite line of the episode. (laughs) And then just throws money at him. Hey, what's your first favorite line? Or are we not there yet? The mall closes in five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable in this moment. I mean, Sam really went through all stages of grief over his baseball <laughs> cards in a matter of like 30 seconds. Yeah. Sadness, anger, bargaining, all of them. <laughs> and then he just kind of takes Matt's collection away from him as a punishment, as retribution. But yeah, Ronnie is here. He needs to talk. And 
you know, Joe's face just really, she she knows. Yeah, she sees it coming. Her, she knows what's coming from a mile away. We need to talk. Not a good sign. Lizzie's like, please, please, please let me go. You know, literally like right outside into my front lawn <laughs> to talk to Ronnie. <laughs> I would have been so embarrassed to act that way in, in front of uh, like a guy I was dating. Like to act that way to my parents. Oh my God, I know. She's like, I was please, just please, getting please. such... Yeah. Also, I think this was the very first time I heard the, like, we need to talk mm-hmm. line. Yeah. This, like, cemented for me. I mean, I'm sure it was yours, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is what cemented for me. Like, oh, yeah, those are the words that people use when they're about to break up with you. Well, because Joe had such a strong reaction to right. it, too. <laughs> and then she, like, you know, puts her hand on Lizzie's shoulder and is just like, just take care of yourself, honey, okay? <laughs> Like, it's very, Lizzie's like, okay. It's like, mom, stop. You're embarrassing me. And then they go outside, and Ronnie's like, Lizzie. To the scene where most of their relationship has taken place. This just- yes, it begins on the Be- front lawn. It ends on the front lawn. <laughs> Full circle. Full I love circle. that parallelism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, Lizzie, something's happened. There's a girl at Ronnie's school. And she's and just she's just right there. Right there. I'm sorry, I was just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's perfect. But then he like tries to backpedal and be like, so I don't really know if this is the best time to have a girlfriend. But he likes the other girl. So I'm like, Ronnie. <laughs> like, and he admits to liking the other girl. And she's like, Yeah, so you you like this other girl. She's crying. It's very, it's a very like emotional performance i have to say i felt her tears yeah it was it it was pretty good and he tells lizzie she can keep the ring but she doesn't want it anymore yeah she gives it back and she runs away back inside her house to to see her try to give back the shoelaces and just painstakingly (laughs) undoing them yeah i don't want them anymore And he manages to use, like, every breakup cliche in that conversation. Like, we need to talk. Let's stay friends. Stay friends. Lizzie's just too far away. You know, seeing her every Sunday is just not enough to maintain a relationship. Presumably, he's still going to have to come to her house every week, though, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think Lizzie just will not be answering the doy for the paper boy. The doy? That's what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Going for the boy. Answer. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess Lizzie will not be answering the door for the paper boy <laughs> anymore. Joy. Yeah, runs upstairs crying. Mom is like, "Lizzie." And, <laughs> and That was good. That was that was, that was good. Thank you. I was working on it. <laughs> And Sam is like, I should go talk to her. And it's like, Sam McGuire, the last thing you should do right now <laughs> is go talk to her. Not only like an irate Sam McGuire should go talk to her right now to calm her down. I just kind of like. I'm sure he's delighted. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's exactly what he wanted. And then we cut to the final scene in the library where Lizzie is aggressively ripping out all of the pages in her notebook with Ronnie's name on it. So all four? All four pages gone. <laughs> and Gordo appears. And I kind of want to play this clip too. Hey, 
water or confetti shortage? Not anymore. Missed your lunch today. I'm not very hungry. I ate the big chocolate chip cookies. I got you one. Thanks. Ronnie broke up with me. He's a loser. No, Gordo. I'm the loser. Okay? He likes another girl. She's probably prettier than me. She's probably smarter than me. And she's probably a lot more fun than I am. No, she's not. How do you know? Because there's nobody prettier than you or more fun to be with. You've got smarter. Yeah, well, I was including myself in that one. <laughs> I feel so awful. Yeah, I know, but you'll get over it. Whereas that guy, he's gonna realize what an idiot he was. He's gonna feel awful for the rest of his life. <laughs> You're such a good friend, Gordo. Yeah, well, uh... What? Gordo, what? Uh, nothing, nothing. Glitters. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, there's Miranda. She was just waiting behind the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, but she should still be mad at Lizzie. So that's like, that's I think where we're confused. It's like, when did they make up? I don't know. I felt that entire scene like viscerally. Yeah, it was a good scene. I mean, you definitely feel like Gordo's feelings for her and you feel like, I mean, yeah, Hillary Duff does a great job. I don't know. Warm Cookie Wednesday resonated with me. <laughs> I want a cookie so badly now. Um, so many cookies in this episode. I was going to say, is there some symbolism in that? <laughs> I guess He's so. Presenting her a cookie. Yeah, her, her brain brain's is... not on Ronnie anymore. <laughs> she gets a full cookie again. And he will regret it for the rest of his life. The rest of his life. <laughs> I know. Of course, you know, Gordo cannot just let her be smart in this moment either as she's like crying to him. He's, he's smart and he's, he's a man like, now. He's like, you yeah. You can't stop him. <laughs> he's like, I'm still the smart one. You can be the pretty one and the fun one, but I'm the smart one. Lizzie sweeps all of her notebook onto the floor, <laughs> and then immediately a janitor comes along and starts sweeping it up like they were just waiting. Oh, the littering is painful. It's so cruel, and she does it so gleefully. Yeah, she's like, bye, Ronnie. But yeah, this, so they walk off. Miranda is back, and seemingly they're okay again. I guess another off-the-screen moment that we didn't get was that resolution and now presumably they'll go to the mall for at least five hours (laughs) if it's open yeah and that is the end of season two premiere first kiss so much drama yeah overall i liked it i thought it had some very real emotions it definitely like had obviously an element of nostalgia for me and just remembering so many of the relationships cliches that kind of took root for me at, at, because of this show um and also just like the longing for a boyfriend like that was obviously very relatable that was something that not even wanting it because you were like interested in a particular person you just sort of like want that validation like oh someone else finds me they're yeah. finds that I have all of these qualities and I think that's, that's how she really approaches it at the beginning is she wants that like validation from someone and to have that label of I have a boyfriend. Yeah, all of those feelings felt really true to me also. It really, like, it's, like, almost triggering 
takes you right back to that place. Yeah. What did you think of this episode, Sam? I probably was, I'm not as high on it as Rachel. It doesn't hold a nostalgic <laughs> place for me. <laughs> um, I found it to be jarring next to season one, just like the way that we were introduced into season two, Lizzie, was just like very much in your face between like the different look and how much older they are and kind of what Rachel was alluding to earlier, but like the way that they're written and the way that they act the characters now, it's just very jarring. And also it just seems like, it goes either one of two ways. They try to cram too much into 20 minutes or they don't have enough and end up just reusing things they've used in the past. This was an uh, this was an instance where I feel like they tried to cram too much into 20 minutes and it just ended That's before yeah. we got a ton of resolution about anything really. <laughs> like the fact that Miranda's just okay now is just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like Gordo's whole emotional arc came out of nowhere and had no lead in so this this could have been built out probably into a longer premiere outfits outfits all right let's talk some outfits of which there were many so I feel like the style has also changed Mm -hmm. though I feel like it's a lot more what's the word I'm looking for it doesn't feel as like outlandish yeah it's a little subdued yeah is Miranda wearing a New York Times t-shirt? It's definitely not an official New York Times t-shirt. Like, it's not <laughs> New York Times merch. But I did have a very similar shirt. Yeah, like, they look more like like an everyday look that yeah. you would wear to school at this point in time. Like, the mixed patterns and prints sort of went away. Gordo's look hasn't changed, though. No, his hair got a little shorter, though. <laughs> he did get a haircut. That <laughs> cat is wild. A cat with a crown and slippers. It says something, and I wish I, princess. I like that she's wearing a watch. Um, oh yeah, do we think Miranda reads the New York Times? That looks like it's gonna say like Gazette, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't York, know. That yeah, Mar- it does say the, oh, New York- the New York Gazette. Gazette. Sorry, off-brand oh. New York Times. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think Miranda re- uh, reads either. Really, all I wanted at, yeah. that, at that point in my life as a 13-year-old girl was a Tiffany necklace, so her necklace spoke to me. Yeah, Ronnie, big air team. Big air team. <laughs> <laughs> the puka shell necklace. The necklace, yeah, that really brought me back. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's got some style. Ugh, Miranda, reps, Miranda reps America so much. So much, and there's another one at the end. Like, is this a subtle post-9-11 commentary? this would have been beginning of 2002 right yeah yeah oh we were have arrived at baby in a turban maybe oh my god <laughs> you're right oh. this, yeah i didn't, <laughs> so, I didn't wait, notice this before either no it's a pirate baby oh yeah there's like a skull and crossbones on the <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's crazy that's yeah. a crazy shirt is this the necklace you were talking about yeah, I mean, she's wearing it almost the entire episode. She's wearing it in the last scene, too. Yeah, I had no knowledge of that as a kid. Um, Matt's fall fashion has changed, too. Yeah, Matt <laughs> I guess spring fashion. <laughs> he also looks older, less like little. He, maybe he's 11 now. Yeah. But yeah, cool jacket. Wait, is Ronnie wearing the same shirt from the beginning in the his In photo? the photo? I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only shirt he owns. Is that like a photo of this? <laughs> you you know, some PA just like snapped a... Snapped a quick pic of Ronnie. Oh my God. 
But yeah, even Miranda's color palette has significantly chilled out. Mm -hmm. I guess Ronnie owns at least one more shirt. He's doing the, like, white long sleeve shirt under a t-shirt look. Yeah, and like a slight v-neck. Yeah. Miranda's hair right there is a choice. Uh, collar? (laughs) (laughs) This is like a straight up collar that Lizzie is wearing here. Yeah, that's a little, a little thick. Yeah. (laughs) I like a good choker, but I don't like that choker. No, she straight up took this from the neighbor's dog and then put it around her neck. I do like Miranda's look in this scene, though. And it's not just because I did my hair like that in the two little, like, low ponytails. Did you, like, like, bun them like that, though? Yeah. Pull it through, but, like, not quite? Mm Mm-hmm. I like her shirt, not into the camo pants, though. (laughs) There's another Miranda patriotic outfit at the end. Oh, the bandana? Yeah. I really like Lizzie's final outfit. I feel like I had an outfit that sort of emulated that look. The tall boots and like mini skirt. But yeah, yeah that, that bandana is a choice. <laughs> I, yeah, it is. I Well, you know what I bet it was? I bet that like patriotic stuff was very popular at the time. And like a lot of clothing companies and designers were putting it out. So yeah. I don't even know if it's a commentary that the show was making so much as that's what was available. I think we saw it in season one, too, though, where she used to wear a lot of American flag things, and that would have been pre-9-11, so who knows? Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe I just, like, it was a trend, 2000 in general was yeah. a more patriotic time. But, I mean, like, I don't know. It, it hasn't even necessarily always been the American flag, either. There was a lot of Union Jack stuff in season <laughs> one, also. There was a That's lot true. of camo, but I remember camo was big at the time. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, I had some. Yeah, I had some pink camo pants at one point, for sure. I think I had, like, a purple camo shirt. (laughs) I had the pants that, oh, my God, did you ever have pants that they could be full-length pants, capris, or shorts? They, like, unzipped. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the outfits. Of course, we end every episode with MVP. Would you like an update on the standings currently? And this is only Lizzie McGuire characters. I obviously did not include <laughs> um, Ben Feldman or... <laughs> or Tio's child. Or the children from Celebrity Wife Swap or um, Regina King in this list. <laughs> because obviously Ben Feldman deserves to win. Yeah, I mean... In terms of, like, percentage of available MVPs to, like, opportunities to get an MVP, he's batting 100. Like, he would win. (laughs) It's unquestioned. But currently, after season one, Lizzie McGuire is leading the way in terms of MVPs. She has 15 votes for MVP. Uh, In second is Matt McGuire. He's got 12. Third is Miranda. She's got eight. Next is Joe, who's got seven and a half. (laughs) Jake is the half. I, if we have a guest, they get a half. So, like, wow. if there's ever a tiebreaker, you know, then I feel like that's a good... Because I, like, I feel like it would weight it weirdly if certain episodes got more. So, yeah, seven and a half sense. for Joe. Gordo has six. Larry Tudgman has four. Ethan <laughs> has four. Sam has two. Nana has one. Lanny <laughs> has one. Gammy McGuire has one. And Kate has one. Okay, okay. Are you surprised by this? A little. 
I think that Ethan has like Ben Feldman upside in terms of like percentage. Like I think his percentage might be the best in terms of like opportunity versus MVP wins. Probably. I'm surprised that Joe has more than Porto. I don't think so. I think Nana has the best percentage. Oh. Well, she, I, <laughs> she was in one episode and she nailed it. She hit it out of the park. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a little sad that Kate isn't doing better, but I think she has a better second season. I mean, I think at this point, any of the, like, the only people who can really win are Lizzie, Matt, and then maybe Joe or Miranda. They would have to go on a hot streak. They would have streak, to go on though. a real hot streak. Yeah. So it's pretty much a two-horse race between Lizzie and Matt right now, but Lizzie is is ahead by three. Well, I cannot in good conscience give it to either of them this time. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Rachel, who are you giving your MVP to? Uh, okay, so I was torn between Melina and Gordo. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, because I just appreciate Melina's craftiness. But, you know, I think that Gordo's speech to Lizzie at the end really, like, clenches it for me you know he was just being very sweet even and I don't think he was being opportunistic in terms of like you know trying to make nice with her so that he could get in there and make his move because he's obviously very still nervous about it still but yeah that was a very sweet moment between them so he gets it sweet yeah do you want me to go or are you going no I can go because I am on the same page I think that this is like a level of sincerity that we haven't seen from Gordo in a really long time. And we talked a lot about like how Lizzie has changed from season one to season two. And I didn't hate Gordo in this episode. I actually really liked Gordo in this episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It was just such a huge difference for me. He got off those of his Reddit, those like incel subreddits. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I just really appreciated him in this episode. And I, I feel like that's the Gordo I remember when mm -hmm. I think back on the show because like all of season one, I was like, why was I ever so endeared to Gordo? And I think this episode reminded me of why and that it wasn't just because of, you know, a semblance of Jewish representation that I was very <laughs> desperate for. I was like, oh, okay, there is something there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to make it three for three for Gordo. <sighs> okay. My MVP in this episode goes to a woman who presented the concept of, re of reverse psychology in such a way <laughs> that made it almost irrefutable that that was the way to go. I have to give my MVP to Joe McGuire here. I think that she was incredibly perceptive. She knew that Lizzie was going to get hurt, and she tried to save her from it. I thought it was a very valiant effort, but sometimes you just, you know, your kid is going to do what your kid is going to do. Kids are dumb. So I think that, you know, Joe McGuire throughout this episode did a really good job of managing all of their relationships within her household. And Joe gets an MVP from me. I feel like Sam is gunning for just like a Joe as the ultimate MVP. <laughs> no, 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 not true. I could stack the box for Gammy McGuire. Oh, true, Gammy true. Maguire I would not put late... that past you at all. Yeah, that's, no, that's a fair, <laughs> a fair awarding of MVP. Yeah, I mean, like, I agree on the on the Lizzie side. I think she was a little too excited about Same. Matt getting I, extorted. I can't get past that. <laughs> Look at you working so hard for something you want. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> they were so proud. You know what? I'm, I, I'm fine with that, you know, because 
she's tried many, many ways to punish Matt and none of it's worked. So maybe she's learning. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. She's really bad at like all disciplinary things. Correct. <laughs> I'll never forget or I'll never get over that one of the first episodes where she like makes him ill oh, from like <laughs> when he tries to stay home from school. Yeah. And so with that, <laughs> Joe creeps half a point above Miranda <laughs> for third place. Yeah. With a whole eight and a half. I mean, that third place race is very close. You got Joe with eight and a half, Miranda with eight, and now Gordo with seven and a half. Mm. Wow. You know? It's really anybody's. And that's the race I'm more interested in, honestly, because it's not surprising that at the top we have our principal characters leading each of the stories. So, yeah, I think it's all about third place for me. It's all about third place. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to our conclusion. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun. Thank you. It's been a dream of mine. Uh, since you guys started the podcast and you know even if my husband went on it first I'm so glad that I finally got the chance we just felt like he had a specific episode that he wanted to talk about oh like, yeah oh no, just, no no I'm not you have bitter. something you want to talk about just like let us know yeah we'll no I'm not happen. I'm not bitter I just find it hilarious <laughs> um no this was great and yeah you know I'll, obviously I will remain a fan of the pod yes and our you know one other dedicated listener is going to be very excited to tune in, <laughs> I am sure. So, yeah, that was episode 201, First Kiss. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. I will keep plugging this every week, <laughs> even though no one does. <laughs> Um, As always, this episode will be available on our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. I've once again fallen behind on uploading pictures of the outfits, (laughs) Um, but it is something that I will catch up on very soon and you'll be able to find those there. Yeah. And be sure to tune in next week when we discuss episode 202, El Oro de Montezuma with another Special guest. Yes, joined by my friend Kiara Walcott, who just confirmed with me that this is literally the only thing she has on her calendar. So. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. Quarantine is hitting us all. <laughs> yes, very Never exciting. Ending. Cool. <laughs>